Hello and welcome to episode 4 of It's the Little Things. I'm your host, Teeny Doe. I want to waste no time, so let's immediately get into my weekly favorites. Number one, we have lemonade. I've been drinking lemonade pretty much every single day this week at work, and I think I drank so much that we ran out. I think generally though, I've just had such a sweet tooth this week. I've also been eating chocolate, but definitely lemonade and sweet juices have been my number one. Second weekly favorite is an early bedtime. So I've always tried to go to bed early, but this week I was going to bed extra early. Like I take my sleep meds around 8 p.m. and then I just knock out in like an hour. I just wake up feeling so refreshed after that. So definitely want to keep that one going for a while. And my last weekly favorite is Rosie. Rosie is one of my stuffed animals and I like to rotate which stuffed animal I sleep with and cuddle with each week. So this week has been Rosie and honestly, I think she might be my favorite but don't tell the other ones. It's like the ball snuffles design by Gund, but in the rose color. She's just so adorable and soft. This week's episode is called Life After TikTok, and I want to read aloud the prompts that you guys submitted that inspired this episode. Number one was, what was it like growing too fast on your old account? I'm worried about it happening to me if I put myself out there. Number two, how to get bigger on things like TikTok, like specific methods and things. Number three, what are the disadvantages of being famous? And number four, your opinion on coming back. I'd like to preface by saying that I by no means think that I was like actually famous famous. I just understand that I was a notable, prominent, and influential figure in a small and niche community. Therefore, when I had videos that would go viral beyond that community, I became a representative of sorts. I peaked at about 960k on TikTok if I remember correctly, so like not including other platforms. So I never made it even to like a million followers. So in the grand scheme of things, in the bigger picture, I was not really a famous person. To make sure that we're on the same page, I'm gonna give a quick little backstory about my time on the internet, starting when I joined TikTok in August of 2019. I started off posting cute, short, little comedy skits about anything really, but especially mental health, and then I started doing cosplays and eventually music. After my second upload, I started getting thousands of followers extremely fast, and I continued to grow exponentially over the next several months because during that time, I uploaded every single day consistently, sometimes multiple times a day. So if you're looking to grow really fast, one option is to upload every single day and having that consistency and putting out a large quantity of content. Basically, throwing spaghetti at the wall and seeing what sticks. Personally, I was not trying to gain this following when I started out. I didn't realize my account was public. I thought it was private. I wanted to make just cute little videos for me, my friends, my boyfriend, but I found joy in creating and I had nothing else to do other than homework, so I was just creating all the time. It was just fun for me. So that's certainly one way to go about gaining a following. In mid-2020, there was a shift in my content. I started creating more artistic shorts and experimented with transition videos. Some of this was due to me changing internally as a person and as a creator, but also because TikTok was changing, the kind of content on there was changing. During this time, 
I saw a huge increase of followers and views, and I had a few notable videos go decently viral. And I attribute this to an exchange of quantity for quality of these videos. The intervals between posts were larger, but still consistent, and the quality of them increased greatly. So that is another option if you are looking to blow up or get famous. Just put out really good content and maintain that consistency, even if the intervals are a bit larger. From late 2020 through mid 2021, I was alongside TikTok, semi-consistently uploading to YouTube as well as streaming on Twitch. I found those two platforms to be way more fulfilling than TikTok by the end of this all. I think this is because with YouTube, there's more creative freedom as somebody who enjoys filmmaking and editing. And with Twitch, I have a really good outlet for performing as well as connecting with the people that watch me. And finally, in October 2021, I deleted all of my social media accounts and its content permanently due to personal matters and privacy concerns. There were a lot of lessons to be learned from my quote-unquote influencer era and I want to share as many of them as I can with you guys because you might be curious and you want to have my perspective, but it's also for those of you who either are or are aspiring to become content creators. I feel that I can divide these lessons into three categories, privacy, power, and mental health, and we'll begin with privacy. As mentioned before, I grew on TikTok way too fast and unexpectedly, so I was not prepared. One of the first things that I had to address after my first couple of videos got a lot of attention was my previous digital footprint and how it connected to my reality, my real life. I scrubbed through everything and tried to make sure nothing was traceable back to real life or to my loved ones. I had heard so many horror stories about people being doxxed and threatened and their real life safety being compromised. And that paranoia followed me all the way until the better end when it was no longer paranoia, it was reality. Some things that I learned to utilize were a VPN, having a PO box, which I finally have now, messing with the metadata of your images and videos, making sure you know how to do DMCA claims for free. You don't have to pay anybody for it. Going by aliases and generally not including people from your real life, especially loved ones, in your content. However, beyond that sort of security, there's another aspect of privacy, which is the personal information about your inner thoughts and feelings and experiences that you share online. Because I was sharing stuff online, or at least I was talking about a subject that was so personal and vulnerable, it really set the tone for the rest of my career, and it still does. Then people feel comfortable asking you questions that you would rather not answer, but then there's that pressure to continue being open when you started off being so open. In fact, you end up feeling like you owe people that sort of explanation, that sort of part of you, because without having done it to begin with, then you wouldn't have all the things that you have. I feel like I can really just sum this up by saying, if you don't start off being super private, you are doomed to struggle with maintaining privacy for literally the rest of your life, even if you decide to quit. Because you never truly quit, you simply hide, and that's what I did for a while. And even now, I'm still kind of hiding. I really like how only a small little niche amount of you have found me. I like that I don't really show my face anymore, it's just my voice. I feel a lot more in control. There's less pressure to make this a career because I already have a career, and this can just be something fun I do in my free time. Now let's talk about the lessons I learned in regards to mental health. Virality does not just mean more followers and more love and support in your growing
growing community. It also means negative attention. I'm not trying to enable or encourage bullying or hatred, but it is just a fact of being an online figure. The way in which you cope with and respond to these negative things being said about you will really dictate how your career goes online. Every time that you make a video responding to a mean comment or debunking something or speaking your truth, you are detracting from the actual content that you wanted to create. Instead, you gain notoriety and views and follows for your um, reactions to these things and that's what you become known for. You become a laughing stock and you become a content farm for these people that like to see you miserable. Another big aspect is not taking the online world with you into real life and that can be hard for people who try to monetize every aspect of their life. I was really grateful that I had such a huge separation between me on TikTok and me in real life so that way I wouldn't take what people say to heart and take it with me home essentially. Now look, no one's perfect and there are going to be days where things get to you but you can control how you react. You can control the things that you type and when you press record versus when you press delete. I'd sum this up by saying you cannot care how others perceive you. Letting go of your ego is crucial to maintaining your dignity and sanity. And it was so important for me to repeat this to myself and remember this and remain secure in myself when I was being re-uploaded to Reddit or in cringe compilations or when people would pick apart everything about me. And if you can't handle that, then I don't think that you should be on the internet. And that was one of many reasons why I left. I had endured that for a very long time from the very beginning and it got to a point where there was too many things going on for me. I could no longer withstand that. So why watch everything around me fall apart as I desperately try to say my truth and convince a group of people that would never even bother to listen to me when I could just get rid of everything on my own terms? Another important lesson that is related is that any insecurities you have will become your loudest weakness and spell your downfall. Any insecurities you have that you don't address or acknowledge will be painfully obvious in the content you upload as well as the way you interact with other people online. For example, if you're somebody who is obsessed with getting everybody to like you and you can't stand when people don't perceive you the way that you want them to, first of all, you will be miserable and fail. Second, you're going to lose your mind when you start getting hate comments for the first time. You'll either give them the reaction that they're looking for, which is an emotional emotional response or you're going to be spending hours deleting comments. You'll also only upload content you think other people will like, which is disingenuine. You won't be uploading the things that you actually want to upload. Another example, if you are insecure about your appearance, the way that you look, you'll photoshop your photos, you'll warp your body in videos, and then when a video or photo of you that is unedited gets leaked, it's going to be very embarrassing. Also, it's really obvious when people People do that. I can't imagine it feels good to look at yourself in the mirror and not see what you put online. I used to wear makeup in all of my videos and when I realized how dependent I was on that, I started doing it bareface. Now, of course, this does impact your self-image and it impacts your mental health, but it also does affect your relationship with your audience. Like, how can you authentically say that you want your audience to always be themselves and be their 
their truest self and love themselves when you are presenting them with a false representation of you. Just something to think about. And that is just such a lovely segue into this last category of lessons I've learned, which is all revolving around power. Online influence, parasocial relationships, these are things that mystify people sometimes, even influencers themselves. But when I first discovered I suddenly have power over people, the answer was very clear and simple. I knew what I needed to do. I made a promise to myself that I would only use this power for good, I would use it to help other people. And the second that I hurt people instead of help people, I would deplatform myself. And although there were lots of reasons why I needed to leave, this was one of them. I could no longer guarantee that I was a good role model and influence in the community that I had built. I could no longer keep my promise. I know myself and I know my mental health and I know my patterns of self-destructiveness very well. I was headed down a very dark path and I did not want to take you guys with me because I know the influence that I have or had. And I see there are quite a few people, including influence themselves, who deny that existence of power and influence. But when you have people recreating entire videos of you, you have people following every little thing you do like they're the hottest trend, when you have people repeating your rhetoric word for word, reciting the things that you've said, and citing you as a credible source, that's a lot of responsibility. And I would be devastated to know if I influenced anybody to do something that harmed themselves. And there's a lot of reasons why I was having these thought patterns. Some of it warranted, some of them, I'm not really sure, maybe I was paranoid, but there was a huge increase in online attention, negative attention. And I was hearing a lot of things that really made me think that I was not a good person, that I was doing something wrong by having the platform that I have. And I started to believe that. And to this day, I don't entirely know if that was something I should have believed, but I believed it and that's why I left. I actually didn't think that I'd come back ever, but I did in like this small little way. I feel a lot more secure in myself. I'm a lot safer. I'm a lot more mature and I've learned these lessons that I've shared with you. But this lesson or these lessons about power are definitely the most important and here's how I would summarize it. You don't decide to become a role model. You either accept that you are one or you neglect your responsibility. Not everyone, in fact most people I'd say, are equipped to handle the responsibility of online influence and power. And this shortcoming could look like emotional outbursts online or a complete lack of integrity and acknowledgement of wrongdoings. This last lesson regarding power I personally didn't really go through, but I've witnessed other people go through it, and it is this. You will be presented with many opportunities to choose money over morals. And once you do choose money for the first time, it can snowball into abusing your power and losing sight of your original goals and self, even if you don't realize it. These lessons about power, privacy, and mental health were so crucial during this influencer era of mine, and they continue to be important and solidified in my life after TikTok. For example, when I left, people still found me anyway, and they still talked about me. So I was hiding, not really quitting, and I came back because it just didn't feel worth it to keep hiding. But 
but during this time when I have not been back in my full capacity, I've been able to grow in my adulthood. A lot of my content was revolving around healing my inner child and I was doing it in front of an audience. So it was nice that I could actually respect and grow my adultness. Additionally, I am a creator and performer through and through. It is hard to stay away and not having those outlets like I used to was kind of hard on my mental health. And of course, that insecurity, that guilt for leaving and from watching the community from a distance was eating me alive. My fear of letting the community down when I decided to leave is the same feeling that has brought me back here. I want to do the right thing. The right thing back then was, in my opinion, to disappear and not burden anyone. I believe now that the right thing to do is to exist quietly but consistently in my little corner of the internet and provide those who care to listen with the knowledge and resources that they need. So who am I after TikTok? Well, I can't say I'm a normal person. I feel like I'm never going to escape my past. I tried so hard to separate myself and to keep running from bunny bells, but clearly she hasn't left. She's not going anywhere. She's still deep inside me. I go by Teeny Doe and Dolly right now. I will inevitably change my name again. I love changing my name. It's my favorite hobby. Bunny has a special place in my heart. There is a legacy behind that name. There's a lot of goals and courage behind that name. It was sad the way things ended, but I think it was necessary for my character development because now look where I am. I am more evolved, more mature, more stable. I feel more healed. I'm a lot happier than I was back then. Something that I really like is how my relationship with content creation has changed. It's a lot more casual now. There's no more pressure about it being a career and my only source of income. It really is just a hobby and a passion that I have while I do other things to make my life more stable so I can give myself the means to do these things. Like, look, I've opened a P.O. box, I have a podcast, these are things that I wanted to do back then so badly and I finally get to do them now. I'm really glad that there's just a small amount of you guys who are here to be on this new journey, this new era with me and I really appreciate all of you for sticking by me. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. It was a rather difficult one to record. If you would like a hand in the future of this podcast, be sure to check out my Instagram. You can vote in polls and submit topics through my story linked in the description. If you're looking for extra and exclusive episodes, head over to my Patreon, also linked in the description. I hope you have a wonderful day and thank you so much for chatting with me. I will see you next week. Take care. Bye-bye.